and welcome those to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one of your hosts this week. Joined with me as always is the legendary Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? Legendary. What's up, yeah. Chris? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet? I am ready to get into some things. Listen, all right? I want to be positive in 2021, our first yep. show of the year. New year, new year, yeah. But it might be rolling in with some haterade today. Just just a big old glass <laughs> of haterade. Just go. I mean, there's one thing I'm going to say that's pretty good, but then, oof, there was. There's been some uh, disappointment, and uh, you know me, Chris. I shoot from the hip. I try to yep. be honest. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I try to be honest. Chris, how you doing? How How was your New Year, bro? It was quiet. I mean, I, I've got a six year old, so it's been quiet for the past couple of years. So this was like, it was like the most normal day ever because it's the same routine we've done for the past couple of years, where we just have a nice dinner. We're usually asleep before midnight, and uh, that's it. You know, nice. it's like nice. the days of uh, partying till four a.m. watching the ball drop. Those are beyond me. I probably won't start those back up till you know at least a couple of other years. You old man. I know, right? That's terrible. <laughs> it's freaking terrible. But awesome. ha- happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year. Yeah, let's let's get the year going. I feel, exactly. Do you feel? Do you feel I, I feel, feel positivity, dude. I'm feeling good. So, yeah. folks, if this is the first time you're joining the podcast, absolutely welcome, welcome, welcome. What we like to do is basically. Take a look at what's happened over the past couple of weeks in the world of entertainment, whether it be film, music, TV, books, cooking, whatever it may be to entertain yourself in these weird, weird times we want to talk about on this podcast. But the kicker is Ben is bringing things that I have no idea what he's going to talk about, and I'm bringing stuff that he has no idea what I'm going to talk about. So everything you're hearing is spontaneous and genuine, uh, which makes for some really interesting conversations and you know some hot takes which i'm apparently going to get tonight which i cannot wait to get to so ben kick it off man what do you got all right what what where are we going do we want to go positive first you want to go you want good news bad news what do you got (laughs) oh man yeah let's let's do let's just let's tear off the band-aid let's go with the bad first all right i like it i like i like your marketing strategy so you can just put this right up there (laughs) um let's talk about the movie let's talk about wonder woman 1984 oh okay (laughs) <laughs> okay chris so as you know from the pod and everything i'm not a big dc guy of course right. i've been a marvel guy since since the jump this isn't like oh since i saw endgame or something like no i got if you look at my man cave i got tons of marvel comics down here i just love love multiple characters love multiple runs of comics love it now katie cat showed me the first cat uh wonder woman a couple weeks ago i never saw it never got around to it mm, okay and uh that movie was freaking great. 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 <laughs> Dude. And you know, I'm a history kind of guy. I love, you know, the world wars and stuff. Freaking mm-hmm. World War One movie. There isn't enough of them. I was like, this movie rocks. <laughs> this movie has everything. You got like the allies. You got, or not the allies. You got like English soldiers. You got like right costumes on. You got Germans. You got the Kaiser. You got all this. Stuff. I'm like, you got the technology. I'm like, my God, they got this whole movie right about the flying and then about like the gas warfare, everything. Yep. It was on point, just freaking on point. So that got me super excited for a superhero movie set in the 80s. I was like, same director, same creators. They're going to rock this thing because they know how to do their research. Mm-hmm. They know how to attack different periods. They know like. I mean, enough so you won't be like sitting there going like, oh, kind of calling a BS on that one. And Chris, <laughs> what I got was a jumbled mess of a movie. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe. And then to my chagrin, these like past couple weeks, this movie's off the charts, like going over like 100 mil, greenlit the third one, 
the director's getting praise from the studio and like, oh yeah, the performance. Yep. And, and I don't, am I just, am I going crazy, Chris? Am I, maybe I'm going crazy, but I just feel like once again, I'm standing on this pier and like the rest of the world sees something I don't, but I've seen a couple reviewers out there saying the same things I, I saw, but Chris, what were your thoughts on this movie? Ben, I'm so glad you brought this up because you and I are on the same wavelength. No disagreement here. Um, I, I akin it to, you ever seen like, um, how do I, how do I, what, what's a good equivalent? You know, a, a championship team. So your mm-hmm. favorite team wins the Super Bowl, wins the World Series. Red Stanley Sox. Cup. Red right. Sox, baby. Oh, four. Let's start there. All right. So the champions of the world, you do something that's completely out of, no one was expecting Wonder Woman to be as good as it was. And it was, it's a great movie. It is the yeah. standard bearer of the DC uh, cinematic universe, comic book films, everything. Easily, easily, easily. Like, so far above and beyond. Like I mean, just like way out, way not out. Not even there. close. Yeah, not even close. The problem is, and and this is actually a good equivalent because the O five Red Sox did this too. Is right. they overthought the follow up, and they, they traded Johnny Damon, who got a haircut to the Yankees. And stuff. <laughs> exactly. So what happens is you get you you've got you're playing with house money at that point, and mm. They started overthinking things. It starts with the script. The script at its center had a decent um, thought process to it. I, you know, it, yeah. good beginnings. Like you could see the seeds there. What was going to be a, an interesting sequel, but then it got out of control, and you had a, a villain that was essentially a genie. And I couldn't understand. There were things about that I couldn't understand. Where why was granting wishes? hurting his health. And once he became the most you know rich person in the world, why didn't he just stop there? I mean, the, the motivations were all over the place with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That and, must've been hard to act in that. It must've been hard for Pedro Pascal to go from a character like the Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Din where whose motivations are so crisp and clear, like our, yeah. our paladin and D and D I'm going to protect the child and, and, and fulfill my quest kind of thing. To right. this jumbled character, just all all over the place. So I just think it was one of those things where they they just overthought it. They were like, "Oh my god, the first one was so good. We got to follow up strong, you know." So this sequence, this has got to be even ten times better than it was uh, originally planned, and we have to make this more elaborate and bigger. And it just it got to become a mess, and where nothing was really clear. I didn't understand anybody's motivations. Chris Pine didn't need to be in the movie at all, or at least in the way that he no. was. No, um, it, it, that was that, all right. There's a couple of things. All right, let's talk about Chris Pine. Let's just stop yes. there. Let's just stop. A couple nitpicks. And, and if you want to see a great video, like you ever seen the pitch meeting guy on YouTube? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He does a great Wonder Woman 1984. You have to check it out. <laughs> check this, it out yeah. it's, it's it's really good. And sometimes they they kind of get like a little like like overplayed. Like oh, I see what he's saying. This one. You gotta be sitting back and going like, all right, who who pitched this? Like, who really pitched this? Because the things he says to himself, you're like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The Chris Pine thing, he's like, okay, well, Chris Pine comes back inside another man's body, and like, he's like, well, because the the Dreamstone can't make things appear. He's like, oh no, it can make things appear like giant walls and everything, but we're gonna make him coming back into a body. Why is that? Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind, because because the movie has to happen, Ben, and that's the why. I, I was looking at, when I saw the the original trailers, 
at one point, first of all, I thought that they revealed that way too soon. Like, you know, let that be a surprise. Don't even put him on the cast list. Like people yeah. walking in should right. have no idea that he's returning to this movie. Um, I would have much preferred if he came back as a ghost or a figment of the imagination based on denial and trauma in a way where it's like she can't shake the fact that he's gone and he, so he, he's just like following her around and things like that. Right. It, it, that would make sense to me. Um, but this didn't make sense to me because it's one of those things where he's in it, he basically quantum leaped into another person's body. And my thought process is Wonder Woman is somehow okay with that because God forbid – you know, when they're in Egypt and they, they're driving in a car chase, if he makes the wrong move and the car gets crushed and he dies, she's basically allowed for an innocent person to like die. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. I just <laughs> thought about this poor guy who probably had a job and kids and wife was just banging this chick in his like apartment. I mean, non-consensual hey, sex, hey, I guess. Daddy, <laughs> can you, Daddy, you left me at the bus stop for a week. Oh, sorry. I was banging Gal Gadot. I mean... <laughs> It just didn't make sense. And I'm just sitting there and I'm watching this. And the, the biggest problem I have with this movie is the highs were never as high as the first one. The lows were just basement low. Oh, the low. Um, the mean, action the sequences of the movie is just talking. Nothing. It's just talking. The action sequences looked like they were filmed in slow motion, like the mall sequence, the White House scene. I'm like, are we going to speed things up here? I mean, it basically looks like Captain America you know, winter soldier is on fast forward compared to <laughs> the action sequences here. And at the end, first of all, so you got, you know, Gal Gadot, you know, defeating Pedro Pascal. Gadot. Gadot. You know, you pr pr pronounce the T apparently. Oh. Oh. Um, right. But apparently uh, she can defeat villains with the power of a monologue, which is basically what she does, right. which by the way, Ben, when you go back and watch that scene, if you choose to watch this movie again, Answer me this question. How does she get the rope around his ankle? Because they show earlier that the fact that like she can't get the, the lasso. Right. Well, the wish him. wind, the wish wind is pulling it. Oh God. I mean, you, Chris, you know, and I know, right. I mean, talk about Aladdin, talk about the wish master, talk about any movie starring, you know, wishes. There's always wind involved as we there's know. Always wind, <laughs> like you remember Hansel and Gretel and there's wind everywhere. Oh God. <laughs> Doesn't make any so sense. <laughs> My biggest concern here is, you know, who who's to blame and how who who whose finger well, do you point? Apparently, at? Chris, apparently no one's to blame. This movie made over 100 mil. It got greenlit for another sequel. So we're wrong. Well, I, I think it got greenlit quickly for a sequel because they saw a battle was and we're like, oh, shit, we got to make this thing up. Oh, we oh so like Third switch one. the press up or something like. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. So here you go. All right. You went on like your little thing. I mean, I got multiple. I don't want to go into, I mean, we'll be here for a whole podcast. And if you go on YouTube, there are whole podcasts on this movie. It's just like <laughs> hour and a half of these guys in a room just going like, what is going on? And it's great. Uh, but I mean, back to the Chris Pine thing. I Now, Chris, I might have been overthinking this. So between Captain Marvel, which I had some problems with, not not as many as this movie, but Wonder Woman, you know, the first Wonder Woman, here is a woman in your main role, taking like a leadership role. She doesn't need help from humans, from men. She's actually just throwing off like the first movie kind of is cool because she's throwing off all these like 1920s tropes like, oh, you need to cover up your ankles. And she's like, Fuck, I got the shield on. Let's do this yep. thing. Like, And so that's what made it like refreshing. That's what made it funny. That's what it was a comment on Me Too stuff. It was it was all over the place. It was good. It was really great. This movie, I feel like with Chris Pine there, 
it was almost like she can't she can't lead a movie on her own. She needs a man to help her out. Mm. I got that little vibe too. And I was like, so anything that she accomplished in the movie was kind of undercut by a dude helping her out. Right. Like, you know, and- I, that's a good point. I mean, because you you look at the first one and it's like you basically proved how Wonder Woman can be a standard bearer for an entire cinematic universe. And with the second one, you've basically contradicted yourself entirely. Right. Like you know? even even if they introduce, which I, I mean, maybe. All right. The the only thing I can think of, the only pass I can give this movie is we're between Batmans right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batman, of course, is supposed to be Wonder Woman's boyfriend uh, in the Justice League, like old school. You know, they might switch it up. But so since we're between Batmans, maybe that was a Batman role. I don't know. And then you'd have a little more Batman action in there, too. But even then. Batman and Wonder Woman, it's not like they need each other to, you know, I mean, yes, they need each other in a girlfriend-boyfriend way, but they don't need each other. They're both superheroes. They're they're badass. They can take down anything, and they work together. I, I don't know. The Chris Pine thing was was odd. The Kristen Wiig character, just, just cut her out of the movie. Just take her out of the movie. <laughs> that was an hour of my life I can't get back. That was like um, Rose and uh, Finn going to the casino planet in The Ugh. Last Jedi. Just, yeah. That was too, it's just between that and Kristen Wiig in this movie, just that's hour 30 that I can get back. And the problem is, is like in, in Wonder Woman lore, uh, Cheetah, that's like the arch nemesis. Right. So they, they basically blew their arch nemesis with a terrible origin story. Uh, no motivations. A, like a sexist origin story. Like, like speaking of witch- sexism, like, yeah. like, oh, this woman can't walk in heels. She's a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. It was just so weird. I was like, like her transition was took off her glasses. Oh, yeah. Like, I if I got a wish, I'm not going to say, like, I wish I can walk in heels. Like, I don't think that's what she meant when she was like, can I be like Wonder Woman? <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird take. I don't know. It was just all over the place. Because, like, once she, get, once she wishes to be Wonder Woman, she then goes a step further and they're like, Oh, we got, well, we have to turn her into cheetahs. How do we do that? Uh, she gets a second wish. Uh, how do you, it's like, Oh, she wants to be an apex predator. Yeah. How do you, how do you make that leap? You know, it's like, okay. Uh, it just cool yeah, she turned no, into the predator. Right. <laughs> and like so my concern. <laughs> now we're talking. I'm like, we're talking. we just kicked it up. That's it's a high. You want a high predator. It just comes out. <laughs> <laughs> my, my concern though is, is, you know, with this sequel, Basically, Patty Jenkins was given like complete hands off. Do what you want. We trust you. Yeah. Um, and this is what we got. And so my concern going forward is if this is what we're getting with her, like with no leash whatsoever. And when I say leash, I'm talking about studio continuity, studio control. This movie is part of a bigger universe, which is what Wonder Woman, the first one was all about. Um, I'm concerned about her Star Wars movie. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, they announced wait, that she was going to do the Star Wait, movie. Wait, hold on, time out. Wait, go, uh, what's going on? <laughs> oh, you didn't, am, I, am I breaking this news to you? All right, hold on. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I mean, maybe, maybe I, well, I didn't know who Patty Jenkins is, so now okay. I do, but go ahead. What are you going to say to me right now? So, Pat, so it was announced, uh, what, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Uh, the expansion of the Star Wars universe on Disney Plus and in the films. And they basically announced that one of the new films that they're going to be doing is called Rogue Squadron, which is basically Top Gun, but with X-Men. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. So she's going to direct that. Oh, no. (laughs) So here's the thing, though. 
they made this announcement like a week before Wonder Woman 84 came out. So on, on paper, I'm like, holy shit, I'm on yeah. board. I'm like, this yeah, is gonna right. be great. And then you watch Wonder Woman 84, you're like, wait a second, hold on. Like, and maybe the Disney executives are saying that too now. They're like, wait a second. Did we No, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, no. This is this is what happens. Okay. There's a reason why. You know, 2020 has been a series of highs and ultra lows, but one of our highs was the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and it takes a band of nerds to keep nerddom going. Mm. You need John Favreau and Dave Filoni, or you need Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers. You know what I mean? You right. need some nerd shit in a room somewhere. You don't need... You know, who's the freaking guy from Last Jedi or whatever? That that guy or this chick and Kathleen Kennedy. Just I own it. So here we go. Like, oh, yeah. Johnson, yeah. yeah, thank you. Like, that's the that's the two different worlds going on in Star Wars. You have these movies that are terrible. And then you have this show that's like perfection. Like they like all the choices on The Mandalorian. Like and I'm waiting for it. I'm like, oh, they're going to screw it up. They're going to screw it up. And like, even you're like, oh, Bill Burr's coming back. Uh, is, he, is are we jumping the shark with this? No, his episode was my favorite episode of that whole season. Like both, uh, I don't know. Like, and I think that Chris, like you were just pointing out, this Patty Jenkins gets carte blanche. Here you go. Here's the franchise. Do what you want. And like Ryan Johnson did it with Last Jedi. And it's just like when people go off and they don't have a Kevin Feige or Dave Filoni sitting back going, uh, no, Wonder Woman, <laughs> Wonder, <laughs> Wonder Woman flies an invisible jet. Mm -hmm. that all right <laughs> i mean can we just our last nitpick is this guy chris pine he's in world war one prop engine planes how come all right first of all first of all how come, <laughs> go ahead. how come there's a fully fueled jet i've been to the smithsonian air and space museum there isn't a tarmac out back that's right next to the mall i mean but apparently attached somehow there's a fully fueled jet that Chris Pine knows how to fly, even though he just knows how to run prop engine out of control. Push the button and it just starts, I guess. And that's, you know, after that, you know, it's like, it's like uh, skiing. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, she just turns it invisible with a power that we've never seen, never explained. How about that 40 minute weird beginning that we saw? How about instead of her learning the lesson of how not to cut short, uh, short take shortcuts, which never paid off ever in the movie. How about instead of doing that, we show her turn invisible or something. I, right. I, well, <laughs> it was all over the place, dude. And then I like how like Chris Pine is so mystified by fireworks since fireworks have been around since the 1700s, by the way. Uh, and he's yeah. like, Oh, what are those? Yeah, literally, like, you know, it's, you know, it's messed up is I watched the first wonder woman. Literally they show them shooting like mortars that are exploding in the air that explode like fireworks behind Wonder Woman. So he's, yeah, maybe he's having PTSD flashbacks, not like, oh, look at those fireworks. No, you just got out of trench warfare, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like in your reality, you died like the second we got out of the trenches and now you're back and you're like, oh, look at those pretty explosions. No, you're, <laughs> I, you want to get away from explosions. It's not like, uh, uh, not plow know. right through them. <laughs> and then yeah, like yeah. Oh, let me just take a, B turn a B roll right through these explosions. And, Ooh, it was so pretty. I mean, here's the here's the thing. If 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 the most entertaining scene in a comic book movie is a trying on clothes montage, you've got a problem. It's it's like that's not a good sign for your comic book movie if that's the best scene. And then that, also, like, you know, you know what the biggest drop ball like 
what you know, comic book movies are supposed to be big, flashy action pieces. Just give me something fun to look at. Like, it just entertain me. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll grab popcorn, a couple action scenes, good times. You know what I mean? That's all I needed from this movie in the 80s. How about, Chris, no 80s music? Yeah. not. I mean, like, he's dressing like Simon and, the Bot. Right. Like, I heard. like, from Hungry Like the Wolf, but I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's like once you got outside the mall sequence, there was no 80s. There's no real 80s after that and yeah i it's just it's a mess the whole movie's a mess and did, i mean did they add that scene to spice it up like was there a version of the script without that mall scene like so there'd only be two action scenes in the whole movie oh god <laughs> could you well, imagine that not breaking it up oh my well, god I, I read that the the beginning sequence where they're having that race on the the island uh that was the studio wanting that so that was not in the script patty jenkins didn't want to have that scene in there. And the studio was like, no, 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 we need to go back to this Amazonian island. Yeah, somehow. It's the most interesting so. part of the whole movie. <laughs> it's like, it was wicked long. It, it took forever. It didn't pan out or, you know, but or, I don't know. I don't know, dude. It was, it was a hot mess. And apparently it's it just you and me because the rest of the internet and all these people like liked it. I, I don't, I don't I, You know what? Had there not been a COVID, had there not been the election that we just went through, all this other you know BS from 2020, I think people would have probably reacted to this movie the way that we were. But because of the year we had, I think anything you know remotely like not terrible was going to be met with like universal praise. So, yeah. I mean, I'm as I look at it now, it's it's five out of ten. I mean, it's yeah. oh, six yeah. out of I mean, it's getting panned by the critics and stuff. But like, yeah, I, I got what you're saying. But you know, I, there's just this part of me I can't help but being honest. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, you can't just serve this to me and be like, you had a tough year. Here's some, I don't know, gruel, and I'm supposed <laughs> to be like, oh, it's meat. You know, it's fucking like four star meal. I don't, I don't know, Chris. It was. Anyway, to wrap it up, <laughs> that's my cup of haterade. I mean, for the day, that was just brutal. That was brutal, Chris. I'm sitting there. Even my six year old was like, "Oof." And then we didn't even get into like Katie's. Like her whole thing was just the the Dreamstone guy's powers. Like sometimes he could control people, sometimes he couldn't. You yep. know, like like one guy, he's like, "I'm going to take all your oil." And the guy's like, "Yeah, screw you, you are." And then he's like. Hey, you soldiers, you're now my soldiers. He's like, yes, sir. It's like, wait, how come he can control them, but not him? It's so weird. It's just so odd. I love it. I love it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, Well, following in the same genre of movies, uh, we had some interesting movie news that happened uh, over the break. Um, So Hamilton, streaming on Disney+, Plus, big worldwide event this past year, uh, turns out uh, is now eligible for Golden Globe nominations. So Excellent. this is this is huge. Uh you were the one in our last episode that picked uh a a you know taped stage yeah. production. And that, as was the, my, that, that was my that was my uh that was my uh follow-up, Hamilton and that uh American Utopia. Those are my two, you know. Those are your two. So apparently, uh because of loopholes in the eligibility rules of the Golden Globes, like the Golden Globes or the Hollywood Foreign Press were like yeah, I guess this qualifies. So it'll be eligible. Now, will it get nominated? We'll see. Who knows? Uh, given the the uh, combination that they do this weird thing where they combine musicals with comedy, it's uh, it's a weird thing that they do. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but uh, what's interesting is that we, you know, on Stage Blog, we, we put out an article today of asking the question is, if, if 
if you're adding in the money from streaming and now on top of it, the opportunity to potentially get awards recognition from the Golden Globes. Now, the Oscars, I should mention real quick, um, does actually does have a rule where these movies would not be eligible for that. Right. They have to be in the theater for two weeks or something, the Spielberg rule or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Certain amount um, of theaters for a certain amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, so, but will this kick open the door to have more Broadway productions filmed and released on streaming networks? Because Hamilton got seven seventy-five million million to stream on Disney plus American utopia, Diana, this upcoming musical for Netflix got yep. mil- multi-million dollar deals to be able to stream on these networks. So the money's the money's good. And now you're talking about accolades. Is this going to kick open the door for more Broadway shows to be filmed and put out of streaming networks? I say, yes. Ben, what do you think? Oh, Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, my answer is yes. I mean, if, if listen, if we have to make compromises this year, my compromise isn't going to have to like Wonder Woman 1984. My compromise is going to be maybe we should change these awards and how we view things because we're all stuck in our houses for a year. That's mm. that's my compromise. Like anything should be like anytime you tell a story, anytime you sing music, anything like if it falls under a certain content stream we should nominate it we should celebrate it just because i mean think of the movies that were made from like 06 to 2012 right some good flicks in there yeah you, know, you got your zodiacs you got your like i don't know uh hurt locker you got some good stuff in there but that's the golden age of tv that's the like tail end of sopranos that's mad men that's like breaking bad and should those actors have won an Oscar for those performances? Absolutely. Absolutely. An Oscar or some, some sort of praise, you know, other than like an Emmy, like for best TV drama or something, you know, I don't know. Like, and then we, cause we're still in this kind of like cast system of movies are the pinnacle. TVs is like this, like thing you go do on the weekend. And then you get back to, you know, get back to your agent when you want to star in like a, a movie, which is just like ridiculous. I, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? That's my take, Chris. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah no, so we'll see. Uh, February 3rd is when the announcements uh, for the nominations come out. So if, you know, I, I don't, I haven't heard if American Utopia was entered into uh, the eligibility. It might not have been. And it'd be a shame if it didn't because it would certainly deserve recognition. But February 3rd, check it out. Uh, we'll see if these get nominated and if this starts a new trend. Hopefully it does. So we'll see. But what else you got, my man? All right. All right. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's. We're hating. We're hating a little bit this week. Yeah. Let's wait to something good. Let's do something positive to happen this week. Cobra Kai season three, my man. <laughs> now, did you did you watch this, Chris? Whole thing so, done. Whole thing. Same here. Throw that spoiler alert. Throw throw it right up. Throw it up. Throwing it up. Spoiler alert. Eh, eh, spoiler. Just tune out. Maybe ten minutes from now. You know, tune back in. But Chris, what did you think, bro? You know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Don't break my heart. <laughs> there are there are a small handful of shows that I can count on one hand, maybe even three fingers, mm-hmm. that are doing everything right in terms of fan satisfaction. Mandalorian, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai, and the show that I'm going to talk about with my next pick. Nice. Um, All right. You, you get applause for that, sir. <laughs> I, am, I am on board, buddy. So I, I, I love this season. I mean – there are things in it that are preposterous, of course. There are things that are legitimately good. But in terms of like, I was sitting in my seat 
And I'll be talking to my wife. I'm like, I hope this happens. I hope this happens. And then like five minutes later, that exactly, that exact thing happens. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be great. And my only regret is that there's only 10 episodes. <laughs> you're like, it oh, leaves yeah. on such a note where you're like, oh shit, I wanted more. But uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Man, to Chris, you are dead on, dude. This is one of those shows, just like The Mandalorian, where you're waiting for it to fail. You're like, this is so good. This is like, not only is the six-year-old inside yourself screaming that this is great, but your your adult self, there's adult stuff in this too. And like mm-hmm. you, you and it's there's a little bit 90210 in this, like in it. That you know that I love 90210. So uh, okay. it's got my yep. attention there. They got kung fu in there or karate. I'm I'm all in on that. But then listen, that we've had so many incarnations of this, like, all right, we got we have the rights to the IP. Let's just write a prequel or a sequel. We'll cash in. We've seen that so many times, and I don't know what those guys are doing. The Harold and Kumar guys that write this show yep. are just knocking it out of the park, and they take you on – like like you said, there are things that you want, and, and the show sways there. When he went to Japan, when he went to Okinawa, I mean – I lost so, my mind. I lost, I my, lost mind. my mind. I lost – like Chris, like I had no idea. Like Katie's sitting next to me on the couch. I go, oh, my God. And she's like, what, what? I go – Oh my God. <laughs> Cause I mean, cause Katie is a normal person. She didn't fucking like watch, you know, karate kid one, two and three, like obsessively on HBO, like from the age of like six to 12, like over and over and over again. So I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I know who that is on the phone. Oh my God. I know where he's going. Oh my God. Like I was freaking out, but then let's, let's talk about Okinawa. I, I think yeah. Okinawa sums up this show in so many ways. There's fan service things going on, but then they take it in a different direction. Mm -hmm. You think Danielson is going to go back there and he's going to face off against Chosen, the bad guy from Cry Kid Part 2. And they're going to do the ice, you know, chopping the ice with their hands and all that stuff. But then the greatest thing is they have Okinawa just totally, or I forget his village name. but Tommy um, Village. Tommy Village, they just have it totally gentrified by KFC and fucking like Amer- Amber Crabbie Fitch or American Eagle Outfitters, all this stuff. And it turned into a mall. And he's like, what happened? And there's little things like that that make the show fresh, that rise up your expectations. It, it, it delivers on a fan service level, but then it switches it just enough that you're, you're interested. You're like, oh, my God, where are these guys going to take us next? Mm-hmm. And I just love how – I mean – Eagle Fang, I need an Eagle Fang Dojo T-shirt. I mean, that is great. <laughs> I just love how <laughs> the kid goes. Eagles don't have Fang. Uh, just amazing. Um, just the writing. So anything that they bring to the table that's new, you know, what I mean, because we have Cobra Kai, we have you know Daniel Son and you know Mr. Miyagi. We have Miyagi Do. We have that, and that's kind of like stock. But then to have Johnny Lawrence break out into his own dojo and so, just pure genius. Just yeah. Uh, everything they they come up with is adding to the story, not taking away and not like leaning on it too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think what's really good is they're they're taking the things that you want to have happen and you're bringing people back, but you're doing it in the right way where it's not cheesy. Like even the Elizabeth Shoe episode where she yes, was back. Great. I was just going to ask you. Yep, yep, yep. We did that so well, and that could have gone wrong in so many different ways, and yet. It, everything that she says, everything that her and Johnny did that day and stuff like that, it made sense. It's like, yeah, you know, these you got these two people that were were in love at one point and had a really 
interesting senior year of high school, I guess. And, um, but it all works out. And, you know, I like the fact that, you know, when Danny goes to, you know, uh, Okinawa, there's not more of a, of a thing that goes on with Yuki. It's, it's like, yep. no, no, it's, just, it's good to see you and we aren't caught up and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, I love the, the fact that, like, the vice president of, you know, the car um, company is the girl that he saved from the tower and the typhoon. I was, like, oh. losing my mind at that point. I was like, oh, it's a girl from the typhoon. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. And you know, what, it, you know what's great about that, Chris, is the Elizabeth Shoe, like you said, could have gone so many different ways, like, wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Wonder Woman 1984 run. Could have gone so many <laughs> That's gonna be a thing now. Um where you know Johnny gets with her and they fall in love, or or Daniel like breaks up with his wife or something weird. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something bizarre yeah. and just mm-hmm. oh, the fans wanted to see him kiss, so we're gonna have him kiss. Like just some bullshit. But instead they had them be adults, which is so weird to say. Actual adult writing on a show about the Karate Kid. It's just, you felt like they were real characters. Like, Johnny Lawrence, no matter how, like, goofy and, like, sexist, racist, whatever whatever he is, he can't help but be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Brutally honest. And what I like, too, is when you bring these people back, like, you know, the the inclination is like, well, you got Elizabeth Shue. Let's have her be, like, this multi-episode arc and blah, blah, blah. No, you don't need it. It's one episode. And she does everything you wanted her to do. And then you don't need her anymore, and she right. can go on, and you know exactly what's going to happen there. Uh, and she and might if, pop and if you bring there, and but... if you bring her back, or you bring Yuki back, that's fine too. It's fine, yeah. It, it, you left them in a place that they're real people. It's not like this whole like I showed up on this one day, and now you see my whole character arc, and now I'm gone, and then that's the end. Like it's not wrapped up in a bow. She's still right. kind of semi separated, kind of divorced, and might get back. She might come back later. Who knows? Like it's yeah. great how they're not scared to just have characters come into the show and not complete a t- entire arc in front of you. Like in these 26 minutes, we need Elizabeth Shue to fall in love with Johnny again. We need them to kiss. We need her to have sex. And then they hate each other. And then she's like, get out of here, Johnny, you know, it's screw you. I never loved you. And then that would be so hackneyed and that, but that's, what's playing through your head. You're like, that's going to happen. Yep. Like you've been let down by so many shows in the past, like on mm-hmm. fan service. And these guys took these characters and they're, I love how they're treating Godfather. Or uh, Karate Kid like the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh, yeah. we're writing Godfather. I, I wish Godfather. Godfather three took it like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, Robert Duvall. He wants a million dollars. Yeah, screw that guy. What did he bring to the table? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. And actually, what I love too is with all these like less life lessons that you know Daniel San or whoever um, talks about. And they flash back to like those speeches from the original movies. It makes me look at those original movies in a completely different light. And so now it's like I want to go back and watch all three of them. And yes, I said even three, which you know is tough to get through. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait! I cannot wait. That now I have to go back and see just, it. Apparently, I was just reading. A, I was reading an article on the guy with the ponytail. I I I, I can't tell you his name, but. I remember he's so over the top in that Thomas movie. Thomas Ian Griffith is his yeah. name. Uh, I remember I just read an article on just how he pretty much destroyed the series with his performance in that one. It's uh it's a tough movie to get through. It really but is. But if they, but if they've worked their magic on part two, I mean part one and two, there are some cheesy moments and like it's almost like they took the boring the quote boring moment. Like when I'm six and watching Karate Kid, I'm like, uh, go to the mini golf place, who gives a shit? Let's get to the fighting. You know what I mean? Like Right. But they made those scenes something in this show that made it interesting when they went back to the mini golf place. It and made the it thing, something. 
And the thing is, Ben, I mean, you know, if at this point, if they want to bring back Danielson's girlfriend from part three, do it. Why not? You know, it's it's worked so far. If they want to bring in Hillary Swank from the next Karate Kid, oh, does that exist in oh, the same universe? That's I'm what on I was board. Thinking. I think that's going to be the big. If they get Hillary Swank, do it. I'm. It, I'm. I mean, Netflix. You got Netflix money. I now mean, you got Netflix money. Well, pay pay the million dollar baby a million dollars to get back here. <laughs> And actually, that's, you know, that's the that's the best realization about all of this so far, Ben, is that we haven't even seen this show on Netflix money yet. They, they filmed they filmed season three right. before they had the Netflix deal. Yeah, so, December last year. Like I mean, that was wrapped. I can't even I can't even imagine what season four is going to look like when they start. They haven't even started filming it yet. They're going to start filming in in April, I'm told. But they're going to film it in April and then have it ready by Christmas next year. That's the plan. So you know, this time next year. I, I thought- on, yeah, I, and I hope we don't get crazy. I don't think they will. I think this writing is going to continue no matter mm-hmm. what. Even with money, they're going to do what they want to do. I mean, even when we went back to Vietnam with John Kreese, oh. I was like, oh, like, all right, this is where we jump the shark. Like, mm-hmm. and those scenes, I've seen all war movies. I'm just going to put that out there. All. <laughs> like, I was, I think I texted you, I was watching <laughs> Gettysburg again the other night. I've seen all Love war it. movies, right? Love that movie. Like, just name a war. I'll name you like five movies I've seen about the World War One, World War Two, anything like. Well, Korean conflict, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short war. It's a short. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but uh, I've seen them all, and I can I can tell you the tropes that you can fall into. I can just list them. Like, hey, yep. my last my last day out in the bush. You know what? This is my last one. I'm gonna get back to my baby. Man, you better have your head down. You don't want to get blown up, and then the guy dies. Or you know what I mean? Like, yep, <laughs> like stupid yep. stuff. Like I've seen it all a billion times, and there was references to the deer hunter in these scenes, and you're like, okay, but and then you're also this this show really isn't for adults. I mean, it's a PG-13 show. Yes, they mm-hmm. say like shit here and there, but you want to show your ten year old the show. So I'm like, you don't want it to be super brutal. <laughs> you want it to be adult, but you don't want someone's like head getting blown off on camera or something. Right. And I thought they danced that line so well, where it's like it's pretty brutal, but you could probably show a 12, 13 year old this show. That's I appreciate this show on so many levels because when you show our kids old 80s movies you're like oh i forgot how many swears are in this movie <laughs> because we were gr- we grown up we grew up with that we grew up with hbl you know what i mean on the cable yep. box and we yep. just would watch iron eagle and shit like that you know the johnny lawrence collection of movies <laughs> and i just uh, thought they danced such a great line with that and maybe but i'm hoping with the netflix money they'll 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 do more cool stuff like that Oh, I can't wait. So yeah, yeah, Christmas time next year. Uh that's apparently when the next season is gonna come out. And uh yeah, can't wait. Chris, to it. Chris. Chris. One all right, still the spoiler thing is up. Yeah. Okay. Who did John Kreese call? Oh, he called the long hair guy from Karate Kid Part Three. Oh, okay. That that's what you're thinking? Uh, no, that's the it's the guy's name. He called up Terry. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I mean I knew it. I knew it, and I was at that point. Like I burned through three episodes last night with Katie. At that point, I had cried. <laughs> I had teared up. I'd been screaming at the television so much. I just go, I know who that is. I, I know who it is. It's going to oh, be yeah. amazing. She's like, who is it? And I'm like, you know, do I want to ruin it by showing her this awful movie? Because <laughs> she probably hasn't seen part three ever. And I'm like, oh, do I want to ruin the series? But who knows? They might save that movie too. If they can save part They can three. save that. Oh my God. Genius. These guys, uh, Oscar, EGOT, they got Oscar, <laughs> Emmy, Grammy, Tony. Just, Just give them all the awards. If they can save, if 
they can save that actor in that movie. Because maybe it's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be interesting to see how they do this because, like, when he says like, "I'll you know anything you need, I'm there for you," blah blah blah. Well, well, Creed kind of blows that favor in part three. Like that's what he does in part three. He goes back and says, "You owe me." So it's like, I guess this is like you owe me for the rest of your life. Apparently, like yeah, I get multiple. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I don't know if you've ever said I owe you one, but. Now you're in forever. Just forever, apparently. You could be at your doorstop anytime. Hey, bro, you said, bro, you owe you You said, you said, whenever. Sorry. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, Ben, good stuff, man. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, we had to talk about that. I thought those were two huge stories this week. Definitely had to. And I mentioned before, uh, like TV shows that are just doing it right in ter- every which way for in terms of fan satisfaction. I left out the third show. Well, I'm going to tell you what the third show is right now. Yeah. The third show is a little show that you and I love called Letter Kenny. And my friend, season nine came out on Hulu day after uh, Christmas. I have not watched that yet. Dude. <laughs> I've heard nothing but amazing things. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's okay. No, okay. Dude, I have to tell you, um, we, we talk about smart writing all the time. I, I, I don't know if there's there's there probably is and it's arguable, but is there a better writing right now in terms of comedy than Letter no. K? No, not even close. I don't even think it's close. I can't I can't tell you the last time I sat down to a sitcom other than Letter Kenny, or it's always sunny, but it's always sunny is more improv than anything. It's it's amazing. And this season of Letter Kenny, again. It gives you, it doesn't give you this like overarching plot line, which I love about the show. So, of course, it's sitting in front of the farm stand, just (laughs) exactly. But when they hit you with something, it's they they just punch you in the face with it, and it's so freaking good. Um, I'm I'm not gonna spoil anything for you. It the season ends on such a great note that you're like, oh my god, I want five (laughs) more seasons with this. Um, and I, I'm, I don't ask you to do a lot. Like I, I don't demand you do a lot of things on this podcast. But as soon as we sign off, I need you to watch the first episode tonight. All right. right? All right. No, it's on our list. We we wanted to burn through uh, Cobra Kai, of course, because we didn't want that spoiled. I mean, Letter Kenny, you can spoil. You probably send me a clip, and I'd be like, "What? I'll still watch the season. It's not like <laughs> it's an unspoilable show." At least watch the 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 prologue that they do, where he's like, "You know, your friends were talking the other day." Um, oh yeah, no, I watched that. that. I yeah. watched that. Yeah, just watch that first the first that part of the first episode because it's epic. It's freaking epic, and. It's one of those things where it's like if you had questions about that like situation, um, it it clears it up in a heartbeat, and you're just like, okay, awesome. So, folks, Letter Kenny, it's on Hulu. You can watch. You could burn through all nine seasons. There's seven episode seasons, so it's not like you have to sit down and watch 13, 14 episodes. Uh, it's seven seven episodes. Wow. Each episode's like 20 minutes long, 21, 22 minutes long. Perfection. They're they're, perfection. they're so perfect. I. Letter Kenny brought back my faith in the sitcom or mm. the, the, the 23 minute. Yeah. Is, is it a sitcom? I would if call it that. Filmed yeah. in front of a live studio audience. Oh, that's it. A, is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or like comedy show. I'm just comedy. Kidding, it, it brought back my faith in the, like everyone. I, I mean, I kind of missed the ball on a couple big ones. Like I'm not an office guy. Um, mm. It's always sunny yeah. in Philadelphia is just the bomb, but that's more improv. Like I was saying, this brought back my, Faith in comedy writing, where, yes. where we can go with it. 
mm-hmm. and it's been so long since I've been like, my God, th- just give this guy anything he wants. And oh, Chris, spoil something for me if, if I'm on to something. Please. Is Brad Pitt on this season? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, damn it. That was the one thing I was hoping for. You you saw that clip, right? I did. I did. For you. <laughs> where, they, where, where those like uh, CBC uh, television, he's like on a red carpet somewhere. He's like, wait, you're from Canada? I love Letterkenny. And the guy turns to the camera. He's like, Brad Pitt loves Letterkenny. It's like the funniest thing. <laughs> I was like hoping. Like, could you imagine Brad Pitt rolling up on set or on the show? And then uh, I forget her name, the black bartender. She would be all over him. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, I, honestly, I think they filmed this season before he said that. Uh, oh, oh yeah. So next season? So next season. Maybe, maybe next season. All right. We'll all right. That was the but only yeah. thing I was really hoping to have. Dude, I, again, it just, it's one of those things where it just gets better and better and better. These characters get better and better and better. And just it's it's one of those things where you, nine seasons in, you expect it to jump anything to jump the shark at that point. But no, it's fantastic. I, I just love it when, when shows like this, like Always Sunny and this, they have a formula. And they're just not straying. They're they're not no. No matter what happens in television, no matter what happens in the world, your life, my life, twenty twenty, we're wearing masks. They don't give a shit. They're gonna bring the pain. They're gonna bring what they yep. bring. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, I can't wait for you to watch this first episode. All right. So. Oh, I'm I'm super psyched now. That's great. Good stuff, man. What do you got for your number three? All right, my number three was an is an interesting kind of take I got here. We got some hot takes today. Um, did you watch the movie Soul? Yes. Okay. Um, so I watched the movie Soul. Watched it with my six-year-old. Um, Pixar movie. Always a big event, of course. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen all the Pixar movies. Uh, big event for Disney+. Plus. Big event for um, a Pixar movie being released to home yep. like this. Uh, Jamie Foxx. Um, I had some mixed thoughts on it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch the movie again. And I don't know what that is. I got a couple ideas. Chris, what were your thoughts on the movie? And I'll get into it. It, you know, it, I, I, this is what I've come to expect from Pete Doctor, who is the director of the movie. He's the same guy who did Inside Out. He's the yeah. same guy who did Up. He's the same guy that did Monsters, Inc. I, he's a thinking man's Pixar movie. And it's one of those movies where I know going in, I'm, I know I'm going to get something that is a little higher level in terms of the thought process where I might be walking out with more questions than I have with you know answers. And with this movie, I don't know. The questions to me weren't clear. I had to really sit down and think about what some of the things that I witnessed in this movie, what, was, what the movie was all about. And I, I haven't had to do that a lot with Pixar movies beforehand. How about you? Yeah. I, I don't know if it was actually clear what their intention was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and our biggest complaint, actually, I, I talked about this with uh, Deacon on the road the other day. We went out shopping. We were actually, we had a man-to-man talk about this movie. Um, and we were talking, He and I said, you know, I felt like the movie went in too many directions. Mm. I feel like I was okay. Like, listen, I'm, I'm sitting in my man cave surrounded by jazz records, okay? I'm a jazz guy. And the second I heard this guy's a jazz teacher, and... Deacon thought the funniest part of the movie was the opening theme song being played awfully and out of tune. He was dying. I was dying. I was like, this is great. And I was like, if this movie just keeps going like this, it's going to be great. And that was probably the funniest part of the movie. And I know these movies aren't supposed to be that funny, I guess. Um, like Inside Out. But Inside Out's really funny, too. Um, I just thought they had – this is my take. This is Ben Frawley's take. I thought they had enough staying on Earth. Mm-hmm. 
I thought they had great characters. I, I loved his character. I thought they had enough drama with his mom, with his buddies at the barbershop, with his students, with his ex-student, and then him trying to be a star but also be a teacher. And I thought there there was enough there to make a movie out of that right. without going to heaven and then the soul thing. And so I guess the whole point of the movie <laughs> – I, I thought was unnecessary, which is a hot take in itself. Like I thought that was like another movie that I was watching. Like, and I guess he learned some lessons. I just don't, it was kind of like the dreamstone thing. And what I, I wasn't sure what we were going, I don't know, maybe I have to rewatch it or something, but I just feel like they had enough right there. Like imagine the movie where we're just on earth. He gets this opportunity, but he also on the same day gets a full paycheck saying you're a full-time teacher. Now his mom hates him for it. The woman sees him perform. He, he's good, but something happens where he can't do it. Or he has to, you know, maybe he has to train a student. And he's like, this is already there. Like the girl that's playing trombone, all this stuff is there. Like imagine he has to miss her. Like imagine like fast forward to like senior year of high school. And like it's her final day. And he has to miss her like performance to be to perform at the Blue Note or something like that. Like there's a movie there already. And I'm already getting the feels just thinking about it. Maybe it's because I'm a jazz head. Maybe because I'm older and I'm a big music guy. I just wanted to see more music. But I know J- Jamie Foxx is a big music guy too. I know he's thinking the same thing too. Chris, that's my take on it. I just think there was enough of a movie there. They didn't need to add that stuff. I know that's out of the question because the movie's called Soul. But I don't know, Chris, what do you think of that? I'm with you, man. And you know, it, it, for me, like I wanted more New York. I I, I yeah. love New York City, and they nailed. Maybe we missed New York City because I like there was no masks. People were walking around oh. in barbershops and stuff. I was like, oh, oh all these people <laughs> smiling. I mean, I've I they they nail neighborhoods of Astoria in Brooklyn and the Bronx um, just perfectly, and um, it just it makes you yearn for for New York. So yeah, I I agree. Like I wanted more. In, in that state. And, you know, my, my thing was this movie, it became a lightning rod for a lot of controversy, obviously, because we're... What, what was that? What was that? Sorry, I, I didn't hear that part. So this movie has become a lightning rod for controversy and discussion. Oh, really? Uh, well, oh. you know, the whole, like, the Tina Fey character, like, you know, inserting herself into a black man's body, like, the optics of that and whatnot, that's gotten a lot of people, oh. you know... Up, oh, well, stop up. it. Oh, stop it. Well, yeah. they make fun of it. They, they they pointed out in the movie like why yeah. do you you're a cat why do you sound like a, a middle or wait no what why do you say sound like a middle aged white woman like in a soul little kid's body or you know what I mean like right. who gives who gives a shit they made fun of it who cares yeah exactly exactly so I think people just needed to it, it was I just found it interesting that people were getting all riled up about this movie it's like stop it like there's things to really be riled up about this is not it um, I, thought I thought the movie, movie was okay I'm not like I'm not super down. We're not we're not in Wonder Woman 1984 territory. No, no. I think that's you know what New Year's resolution. When I make fun of a movie, it's it's gonna be called Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I I just think it was okay. I just think they had too much. And maybe Chris, you know how you were talking about DC wanting to do like more, you know, bigger, better. This is our DC flagship. We not we gotta knock this movie out of the park. I feel like Pixar has has reached a place where they're like that too. It's like, well, Inside Out was this crazy. I mean, I showed Inside Out uh, parts of Inside Out for a group at work because it's all about your psyche and and keeping yourself healthy and and all your emotions and stuff and, and emotional regulation. I sh- I mean, it's a great movie. It's a thinking man's movie. I got what you're saying, but it's still a watchable movie. A kid can watch it. 
Right. And this movie, I just, I mean, we all sat there in silence and watched this movie, and that's not what you want with a kid's movie. <laughs> Nope, not at all. Not at all. Good stuff. I mean, man. if you want to sit in silence, I could just throw on Gettysburg and we could just watch that. Uh-huh. We could look at Tom Berenger's fake beard and just rock it. I mean, that movie's amazing. <laughs> if you need six hours to kill, just just put on. on <laughs> hey, hey, four and a half. All right, let's <laughs> be fair. Hey, I love it. I, I'm with you. I mean, <laughs> Tom Howell in with uh, mutton chops and uh, Jeff oh. Daniels doing some strong monologuing. Uh, oh, monologuing. Just monologuing. Oh, you, monologuing you, oh, I'm from Maine. Every time, you know what? Let's do the Gettysburg drinking game. Every time Jeff Daniels' character mentions he's from Maine, you got to do a shot. <laughs> there's a line in Gettysburg, and I don't really mean to go off on a Gettysburg tangent. Yeah, but <laughs> there's, there's a line where, like, his his supervising officer is apparently also a teacher, but from Harvard, and so like, yeah, he's like, let's see how these professors fight or something. I'm like. What? <laughs> like, but I tell you what. I, here's what I love about this movie: Stephen Lang as General Pickett oh. is incredible. Oh yeah, oh He's yeah. Any time of the day. Um, I love Martin Sheen as, as Robert E. Lee. Um, and even though we're in this weird thing where it's like, you know, how how do we romanticize, you know, Confederate soldiers and stuff like this? But I mean, they I think they nailed the admiration for Robert Lee that the Confederacy has. I I think, you know what, like if it wasn't 2020, (laughs) we wouldn't be having this discussion. I I think the movie's pretty straight down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrating both sides. I I, I don't think they celebrate. It's just I think it shows this awful war going on. And yeah, I I think the movie like starts that line. I don't understand the British guy. There's a British guy in it who's like this attache from the Queen's Army. I don't get that. Um. Well, and you know what? That was the, at the time, so I love watching movies that I've seen before. And this is my favorite thing is going through IMDb and doing the trivia mm-hmm. while I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Like we watched Austin Powers this weekend. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Austin Powers has some weird facts to it. So check that out. <laughs> um, but that movie, the criticism from Roger Ebert said, he said they wanted to do a historical recreation as opposed to a movie. So there are things in the movie that don't really make sense but might be historically accurate. Oh, okay. So that's a fair point. So Raj did his homework on this one, and he actually said, yeah, that's why things don't make sense in the movie, because, yeah, you'll have these characters walk in, you're like, wait, that guy doesn't pan out? It's like, no, but that's what happened. He gotcha. he said something to Robert E. Lee, and then he died like two seconds later. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love me I love me some Sam Elliott in that movie as well. Oh, like, yeah. He goes off on some some monologues himself, like when he's writing his diary. Think, you know what, Chris? We messed up our college career. It could have just been you and me. Oh, you have to audition <laughs> for this play. Oh, wait, I'm taking I'm taking Sam Elliott. You take Martin Sheen. There's so many monologues in that movie. Uh, I'll be performing uh, the Jeff Daniels speech that he gives to the um, the uh, guys who are deserters uh, from Gettysburg. Oh, I'm from Maine. Where are you boys from? Towards my land, we have to be moving out soon. Oh, that's fucking great! There's always more land. <laughs> oh, don't get you know me what? Hey, Chris, Chris, I just, I just looked it up. I was wrong on the four and a half hours. Um, when I, uh, when I started the movie, it was uh, 2019. I just woke up. Did anything happen in 2020? <laughs> I will say sloppy filmmaking uh, on oh. on the on the filmmakers part. They use the, the same shot of guy dying three times in the movie. It's the same guy, like he's climbing over the fence and the thing the fence explodes and all these yeah. guys are flying. They use that same shot at least three times. Um, 
Have you ever seen Gods and Generals, the sequel? I have not with Robert cool. Duvall. I, have not, I think I might have that in the house. I think my grandfather gave it to me. I have not done that one yet. Oh, the monologues. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, the, whole, the whole movie is basically correspondence that happens between the characters. So when they're talking to each other. Oh, dear Martha. I'm it, on the wall. I'm on the wall path on the battlefield. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. It's no sense. But it's glorious. I, I can't believe you got me on a Gettysburg kick. I could do. We could have do just, just done a whole class on this. We could have just, you know what? We've been like, Fred, listen, me and Chris want to teach a class on the monologues of Gettysburg and gods and generals. Next time you're, next time when you see my wife, you ask her about Gettysburg, and she will give you the biggest rant you've ever heard about how much she hates the fact that I love that movie, and I watch it at least once a year. Oh. At least once a year. I was polite. This I waited for Kate. I, I know. I know. She's gonna be like, "This is so dumb." Like I, I, I just let her go to sleep, and then I put it on. This is my Kate fell. Katie fell asleep. It's you know eight eight thirty. I'm gonna put guys on. So I'll text you and Donner every time I do it. I, I no, <laughs> no joke. They had the video available at our college library at Almira. So you could get the VHS, the two How many VHS. Takes? How many two? Two. Oh, two. But they were like banded together with rubber bands, so it opened like a book almost. Um, I rented that thing at least once a month while I was there, and no joke, I wanted to walk around the campus with a sword on my side, with given the swords in this movie, and <laughs> I was like, "Get me a freaking sword so I can just walk I bet around." You, you know, what, I bet you Simeon Benjamin walked around campus with a sword on his side, <laughs> and a revolver. Give me a sword and a revolver. Revolver. Ride a horse, you know, from Alumni Hall to the library. Ah, oh, that movie's great. We got to beat them Rebs down from Elmira. Folks, what I'm ready. saying is this summer, uh, come July, we're doing like a whole episode on Gettysburg. Just get ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time coming, guys. <laughs> we've heard your emails. We've heard, we've read, we've, we've read the tweets. <laughs> Look, we've covered the MCU. It's now, we got, we got to get into the Civil War universe. That's what we got to do. Oh, so, so, you know how many, like, you know how Cobra Kai took a two-hour movie and made, like, a three-season show out of it? How many seasons of shows should we need to break down a four-and-a-half hour? It's like, do you want to see Gettysburg as an eight-episode Netflix series? It already is. You just you divide it up into half-an-hour slots. Yeah. And you got just put the bubble on, and then, like, we're into Netflix, and then. Boom! It's like, oh, we're That's back. It. Give me, give me the low Armistead uh, extended universe. <laughs> the bell tower. I want to know about this bell tower in Gettysburg. Just everyone <laughs> rocking it. Like everyone, like don't shoot that because we're gonna need that when we get up that goddamn hill. <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm off. I'm, All right, I'm... yeah. We sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Like we just reviewed the most current shit of all time with spoiler alert, spoiler alert, and now <laughs> we take the most random movie, but I would argue the definitive Civil War movie ever made. I'll fight yeah, anybody. I'm upset with that. I mean, you're not going to say Birth of a Nation. You, that's, <laughs> talk about hot takes. <laughs> glory, okay, maybe Glory, but no, you oh, give me you give Gettysburg every good. day of the week. Glory's a good one. I, it's a hard, one. hard rewatch, but hard rewatch, one. yeah, but a good yeah. one. All right, so for for night number three, and I'm yeah. not joking, we will do an entire episode based on Gettysburg. I promise. Yes, you we yeah, uh, and it'll be as long as Gettysburg. We're gonna break down minute by minute. No, we'll, just, we'll do a live watch where we just sit and watch it oh, together, dude. We can do that. We can. We I've seen those videos. Those guys are shit. We got. I, I want to do a live watch. We can. We can do it so much better than those guys. There it is. There it is. 
All right, so for my number three this week, Ben, um, I think I've talked about this before on the pod, but I want to go back. And so we're in this era now where we just talked about reaction videos, where people are putting stuff on on YouTube of them watching something and reacting to it. You're getting their genuine emotional reactions. And with the way that The Mandalorian ended season two, a lot of fans are putting the live reactions on YouTube of them literally reacting in the moment to what they saw in the season finale spoiler alert from everything from you know luke coming to you know the baby uh child leaving uh all that stuff was genuine and this one guy completely lost his shit like and you just knew it's a joy to watch because you can just see on this guy's face how much he loves this freaking stuff and he's bawling his eyes out and don't get me wrong i was bawling my eyes out too i just wasn't filming it so he puts his stuff on YouTube. It's getting a ton of hits. Everybody's watching this thing. And, of course, um, someone decides to be like, oh, keep your emotions in check. Or, like, you know, it's not cool to you know have emotions and blah, 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 blah. But the guy who said it is, like, a vice president of Lucasfilm. And so, like, the guy tweets out, this, this vice president of Lucasfilm, tweets out something like, you know, keep your emotions in check. Or a Jedi never shows his emotions or something along the lines. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's like just dumping on this guy. Like, how dare you? Like, you know, this is what you should want. If you're the vice president of Lucasfilm, this is what you should want from your fans and blah, blah, blah. So oh, it and huge... not ruin it for other people. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. It was this huge dust up. And, you know, I, I'm there's there's that line that people have when this argument where it's like, if you don't want people trashing your reactions, then don't put them on the internet. That's like, you know, a lot of people say that. But at the same right. time, it's like, no, if you're a fan of the, if you're an actual fan of the, prop- it's not like he like did like a recreation of the scene word for word. No. He dropped like a line. I mean, which is awesome. I mean, it's it's great. But like, it's it's one of those things where, I, I you know, if people want to put these reaction videos up, that's fine. Just know this: you gotta be ready for anybody to come at you about it. They're gonna react well. They're gonna react poorly. Why not? But at the same time, to those people that are reacting poorly or being mean understand that you know if you're especially if you work for the company that that makes this shit this is what you're gonna this is what you want this is the ideal situation no none of us were crying our eyes out with happiness at the end of the last jedi nobody was doing that you're doing it with mandalorian because it's a freaking kick-ass show and everybody's on board with it celebrate that don't ridicule it that's that's my piece what do you ben what do you think nice one nice you know what these reaction videos i love these reaction videos. we talked about on here on our YouTube and segment that's coming up. Um, there's some great ones. There's some, there's ones that are okay. Um, but I love, yeah, I love when people are excited when they hear something for the first time. I think I sent you one where a guy was reacting to Rage Against the Machine for the first time and he's like freaking out and he's just like, oh my God, who is this guy rapping? And stuff. like, it was so funny. And it was just like, like when the person, for me, the thing, I, the kick I get out of is when you, Someone's actually watching something for the first time and they have the same reaction you did when you were a kid or last when when you watched it. And I just love that camaraderie. Like you said, Chris, if we have something nice that we're all sharing this like moment together, let's celebrate it, not like hate on it. You know what I mean? Especially like now in this goddamn year where we can't go out anywhere. And the only thing we have to look forward to is reacting to movies on our TV. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I just wanted to go say that and go there. But that was it. So yeah, dude. Um, no, no, you're totally oh, on you there. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. You there? 
Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. All right, cool. Um, sorry, I think that's me. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Um, but Chris, here's a here's a trend, and maybe this is just me being too sensitive. There's this trend, and maybe it's just on my. Maybe I'm in the algorithm. Um, I I watched. So I forget which. Oh, the two young kids that you recommended that watched the Phil Collins video. Yeah. Um, they they react to. Like uh, the Beastie Boys, they react to everything, but they do a couple Beastie Boys things, and then they did like nothing but a G thing, and I'm like, you kids have never seen nothing but a G thing. There's a couple things on their channel I'm I'm highly suspicious of. I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is a giant song. Yeah, but I guess man, that's me being old, and I'm just a fuddy duddy. Um, and actually, did you see the clip where Obama uh, went on their show? No. Oh yeah, so he. He like surprised them. He like they're like, all right, we got a clip from uh, President Barack Obama. He's gonna say something. We gotta react to it. Someone sent it to us, and like it's actually him live. <laughs> and they start freaking out and stuff. And like uh, President Obama is like, you know, it's great you guys are reacting to things from all different cultures. So you you're expanding your horizons, but you're also expanding other people's horizons. It's really cool message. It was just really neat. And so I, I like those things. So, That's but there's awesome. some. There's some kind of shitty ones out there, but I like yeah. those kids. So anyway, so speaking of YouTube, let's do it. What do you got this week for YouTube? And I have a ton, dude. All right, so buckle in, just just buckle in, Chris. All right, all right. Um, and then we'll get to the main course. I like to do like little couple runners up here and there. Um, but I don't know about you, Chris, but during lockdown, I've been, just, I've been trying to deep dive certain bands. You know what I mean? Like I find a band, I'm like, ooh, who are these guys all about? Then the best part, you go on the Spotify, you go through their album list. You're like, oh, I like this one, like this one. Then next, you hit them live on YouTube. That's my favorite thing is you, you click the band and live. So my pick this week for like the band I'm deep diving on, Portico Qu Quartet. Mm. Okay, you got to check these guys out. Four piece. You got stand-up bass, drummer, saxophone. He, he plays like the tenor sax, baritone sax, all over the place. And then... You have a guy on these things. I think they're called Tams, and they're almost like steel drums, but they're, like, rounded up. And when you listen to them, you'll think that it's like a keyboardist. They kind of sound like a keyboardist. So they already have a drummer. So they're not for percussion, really, but it's almost like a, a percussion keyboard. It brings this whole kind of, like, trip-out vibe. And they use a lot of loop pedals. They use a lot of echo. They're just trip-out. Love them. They're the Portico Quartet. They came out with a new song this year, but uh, the live... Um, concert I want to point out is 57 minutes. It's Portico Quartet Jazz Baltica um, 2010. That one's great. Um, also, um, but my main course this week, I want to talk about. So, Chris, a couple things have happened to me in 2020. All mm -hmm. right? And maybe it's just us being locked in and stuff, but I feel like I feel like 2020's aged me. <laughs> it's aged a lot of people, but it's just aged me. And I feel like I'm slipping into watching things that my grandfather used to watch. And yeah, I remember when I would sleep over his house, he would always wake up every Sunday morning with CBS Sunday morning with, um, Oh my God, I forget his name. Who used to host it? Charles. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. But anyway, two great CBS Sunday morning clips. So they've been uploading all their segments. Um, Nice. The first one is Chris Rock uh, interviewed by Gail King. True therapy and punchlines. Great interview. Nine minutes long. Awesome. Then um, Barry Gibb interviewed 
about the Bee Gees music um, returns, the uh, the Bee Gees music returns uh, via Nashville. Another nine minute segment, so awesome. And I've just been going through their whole catalogs, similar to Howard Stern. He started uploading like little snippets of uh, interviews. Did you notice that, Chris? Like official? Yeah. Yep. I saw. And, I started seeing that. Yep. So I've been going through his page and their page. Just great little interviews, great little snippets. Uh, the Elton John, Paul McCartney interviews from Howard Stern have been great. So, you know, even though we're trapped in our houses, we can still <clears throat> learn more about, you know, musicians and uh, comedians and artists that we really enjoy. So CBS um, Sunday Morning is on YouTube. And, of course, Howard Stern is downloading his own stuff. So, Chris, those are my picks this week. Nice, man. Good stuff. Um, for me, real quick, actually, you just mentioned it. Um, so these reaction videos are great, but there's a there's a really good reaction video, uh, a couple of them, where um, people are, are discovering the fact that the Bee Gees are actually white. Like You've got a bunch of these black people that are like, had thought that the Bee Gees were this group of black singers and are genuinely like shocked that they're listening to white guys. So it's a great video. You should watch it because they're just like, oh my God. All right. What, all right you got <laughs> no way this is shocking bg staying alive this guy or yeah yeah well there's there's oh, mashups oh i see it i i yeah. see it yeah i see it. oh my god i gotta watch this yeah so that's a good one uh also i should mention too the other the only other one i had real quick it's a great channel on youtube called eater they do some really great stuff they have like multiple kind of episodic shows about basically food and my favorite on there is called the meat show have you seen the meat show Ben? Uh, no. So the meat show is this guy and his name escapes me, but he basically goes to different restaurants each episode. Um, and basically digs in on kind of their signature meat dish, whether it's a steak, prime rib, pork, beef, whatever it is. Um, and they, they go into the history of the food. They go to the history of the dish, the preparation. Um, it's, oh, it's it. right fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic and there's actually each video i think is only like you know between like eight and 12 minutes long but um there's like seven seasons of it so if you love meat like i do and um you just you want to explore the the cooking and the preparation and learning different dishes and things like that and also just staking out some good restaurants because a lot of this stuff that they they go to like new york city they go to like uh, some of these big big locations um for these these shows um, it's just an awesome experience. So yeah, check out the meat show. It's on a channel called eater. Eater has like 20 some odd different series on it. They're all great. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah. I just, I just pulled them up. You know, I used to do the Buzzfeed and the worth it guys, but they haven't been able to go out and try things. So I'm always looking for new food stuff on YouTube, but this looks great, dude. It's fantastic. So there you go. Awesome. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week on desperate seeking entertainment. Thank you again for joining us. Ben, anything you want to say before we sign off? Listen, if you've had a rough year this year, go watch Gettysburg and it'll make you <laughs> it'll it'll make make everything it'll okay. It'll basically say, look, it, it, it gets pretty bad in this country, but it's never as bad as that. And uh, oh, you know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why it was refreshing. I was like, no, we might have Dodge Chargers and Tiki Torches, but, you know, we don't have to swing pickets line down or something. I don't know. Uh, that was a stretch. That was a stretch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.